Welcome to the Topeka First Assembly podcast. We hope this message serves as an encouragement to you. If you would like to support us financially, you can do so online at www.topekafirst.com giving. Enjoy the podcast. Well, we're going to jump into the Word of God this morning. And we're going to look over in, into the book of Corinthians, over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 together. And, uh, and, and this morning, I'm going to title this, You Have a Treasure. You know, and some of the world's most priceless treasures have been kept in some of the most uh, simple or worthless uh, containers, right? And those simple things. But the, but the contrast between the treasure and the, and the vessel itself is never greater than when God offered the saving gospel of Jesus to human beings, when he offered the gospel, this good news to us as people, you know, and this, his extraordinary truth was committed to an ordinary church, an ordinary bunch of human beings, an ordinary bunch of people. And, uh, and we don't just measure up in, in our minds, but in the mind of God, the ordinary plus the supernatural work of God equals more than enough. Somehow he does that. Somehow he makes things work like that in our lives, and we can give thanks to God. I know that uh, David Livingstone, if you've ever uh, read about him or read about missions very much, you know that uh, you would know that uh, when, when he passed away, he loved Africa. He worked there uh, for so long, and, and his, when he died, his body was buried in England, uh, but, but they buried his heart in Africa, which he loved very much. At the, at the foot of a, of a tall tree in a small African village, the locals dug a hole, and they placed his heart there in that place. They loved and respected this man. And, and if your heart were to be buried in the place you loved most during life, where would it be? You know, that's a, that's a question we all should be able to ask ourselves. Would it be in Facebook? Would it be in our pocketbook? Would it be at Walmart or Kohl's? You know, where, where would it be? Where would it, where would it be? Would it be down to the taco, a taqueria? Where, where would it be that you would put your heart, you know, and where is your heart at? So let's look here at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse, verse 1, and, and uh, verse 7 really is our key verse this morning. It says, therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Whether we've renounced, we've renounced uh, secret and shameful ways, we do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. So you have the Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church, he's writing to the Corinthian church, and he's trying to, to help them, and he, he's kind of putting a framework there for them. And then he says this over in verse 3, he says, and even if our gospel is veiled, in other words, if you can't see it, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. 
to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. And I love this last verse here, and he goes on even after that and says some really great things. But he says this, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. So we're going to look at about three things today. And so one of the first things is this, is that the treasure is the gospel. The treasure is the gospel. So that is the good news of Jesus Christ. And we we use that word gospel, but, you know, it's it's all meaning the good news of Jesus. And the gospel is one great treasure of the church. And that, that church is us, right? It's, and it's the pearl of great price for which the jeweler will pay everything that he has to buy that or to get it, to obtain it. He wants to, get, he wants to receive that. And we find over in Matthew chapter 13, uh, and Jesus is dealing with some things there. And, and in Matthew 13, verse 45 to 46, it says this. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it. He knew that there was something of value in front of him, and he wanted to make sure that he received that, and he was able to obtain that. Then you have, then you have somebody else in the New Testament, we find this, it's, it's the Ethiopian eunuch. This guy, he's, he's going to worship, he leaves Africa and the, and the northern parts of Africa, and he heads out and he gets into Israel to be able to, do, to worship the Lord, and that's the way it was done at that time, and, and from what they understood, and so he, he's coming there, he worships, and then, then a guy, one of the seven, his name was Philip. And, and he comes to him, and, he, and he's walking alongside of the road with him, and, and, he, and he hears the, the eunuch reading the Old Testament scripture, and he's reading about in Isaiah, reading about the Messiah, and here he gets to, uh, Philip was able to share about this treasure of the gospel to this man who received. He received something wonderful. See, this, this gospel, it, it's the great truth for which Stephen died, in which Paul devoted his life to proclaim. See, we understand that the gospel is something that is it's such a treasure that it can't be bought or sold with money. It is something that's been offered to us by God with the blood of Jesus. He gave everything for us as individuals and as a body so that we could have life. Jesus has done something for us. And Paul himself devoted his life to proclaim this message. Peter did. The other apostles did the same. And the good news is so great that people all over the world have given their lives so that they can share it with others. It's something that we can share with others as well. And the question we have to ask is, when was the last time we shared that good news? When was the last time we shared from our heart what God has done for us in our lives, and it's important for us to remember that it's something that we not only keep for ourselves, but it's something that we give as well. So the good news is it is the one thing which clearly distinguishes the church from all other religious and compassionate organizations out there in the world. Now, there's some great organizations, right? 
There's some great uh, organizations that do a lot of good things in the world. Some of them are Christians, some of them are not. But they, they do some things because they try to meet needs, because they try to help people in the middle of crisis, because they, they realize that it's important to help others. They're benevolent, right? But we understand with the gospel of Jesus Christ in the church, we have something that no secular or religious organization in the world has like we do, and that's the treasure of Jesus Christ himself. Do you believe in that? Do you accept that? that that's something that we must have. And, and if you do, then you realize how important it is to offer this replenishable, this something that this replenishable good news. In other words, we can share it and share it and give it and give it and give it, and still he keeps us full. Amen. The church today, however, does not always prize the gospel as its greatest treasure. And sometimes we get things a little backwards. It just happens to be that that's what we do. We're human beings, and sometimes we, we make the mistakes of misunderstanding. And the church... Uh, just, just sometimes um, is tempted to emphasize its own human dynamics instead of what God gives us in Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think our own dynamics are, are what we need to be able to accomplish good things in our world. And, and we can emphasize all the other things that come along with the gospel. But when we do, we're missing the point. We, we need to be grateful for the gifts that God has given to us because the gifts he's given to us are more than enough. Sometimes we, we just misunderstand. A couple years ago, uh, we, we probably would have said, Lord God, are, are you going to keep us running? Are you going to help us to keep maintaining? Are you going to keep us uh, moving forward and get past the place where we're at? And, and God has proved himself to be faithful every time. He has. He's proved himself to be faithful because it's his work. Amen. I think our board members would say amen. That, that, is, that, is, that is the truth because we know God has proven himself in all things. The church sometimes calls people to its ministries and its programs or its facilities instead of calling people to salvation in Christ. We know that that salvation part of that salvation component is first and foremost in our lives. If we don't have that, all we have is religion. All we have is making, doing good things, doing nice things. We, we need more. We need more than just being good people. We need the good Savior who can give us a good and a hopeful life. Jesus has done so much. We realize all those things are necessary part of the church body, but the, the first calling of each person is that call to follow Christ in salvation. Uh, I, I'm sure that some of you, if you've been around very long, if you ever watched the Antiques Roadshow, I've, I've shared this before, and you've probably seen it. I, I haven't watched it for a while, but I, I remember that time, this one older fella, he comes with the, he brings that blanket. Remember the, the, the infamous blanket? And he, and, and, they, and, he, and, he, and he gives it to the guy, and they, they look at it, and they say, wow, buddy, you have a priceless treasure. It's like a first phase a tribal blanket. And, and they said, you know, on a good day, it was from the, what, 1840s to 50s or 60s, something like that. He said, on a good day at an auction, this thing would go for eight or $350,000. And he said, but on, on, on a really good day, the best day, the thing would make $500,000. And then he kind of looks at him and he's like, 
I just had that sitting on the back of my chair. And he's like, you mean this was in my house all this time and I could have paid off my house, you know, basically? Uh, it's like he, he had that and, and, and he has this valuable thing. He didn't, ha- he didn't expect to have such a valuable piece in his hands. And unfortunately, sometimes we kind of act like this man who owned the treasure blanket and we throw it wherever we want to. We throw it on the back of the chair and we say, well, yeah, this is, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's something that we want, but, but yeah, I don't know how much it's worth. We have a gospel message on plaques and uh, on walls and in our houses. We market it with shirts and coffee mugs. I remember my, my mom used to have a Christian bookstore in a small town up north and and, uh, she, and I remember you could see all the things that were there and I'm like, you know, sometimes are we missing the point? Because we like those little things, right? The little keychain or, uh, or, or maybe the, the little bookmark or something or the coffee mug that says things. And, but, but are we missing the mark at times because we like those things because they're cool? And sometimes it, it makes it mainstream for us, gives us an opportunity to share the message, right? And that's what it should be, right? It should be a, really a witness tool for us. But sometimes it's just, yeah, let's throw in there on the back of the chair. It's got to be more than that for us as followers of Jesus. Because the gospel, the good news, is a treasure. It's a treasure. It it is something that can't be bought with money. It is a treasure. And the second thing that we need to look at here, as we understand the gospel is the power of God into salvation, the second thing is that we're the vessels. So we need to consider what, what it is to be vessels. Normally, we would expect the, the world's greatest treasure to be placed in a, 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 very, a priceless container, maybe like a golden chest or, or, or something special like that. But for some reason, God chose you and I. He chose you and I. Think about that for a second. If you think about a golden chest, what do you think about for the old covenant? What do you think about before the temple even and back into when in Moses' times, where was the glory of God? In that golden box they call the Ark of the Covenant. But what's the Ark of the Covenant now? It's our hearts. It's you. You are one of those vessels. You are one of those that holds the presence and the Spirit of God inside of your life. And you have to be able to recognize that that He has allowed you to hold that when you put your faith in Jesus. And we find that this gospel committed to very ordinary people, the church. Now, and we see the Corinthian church, Paul wrote to a handful of really unimpressive people who at times were wannabes and they, and they tried to, they wanted to look like they were special and stand out more than the norm, and, and, but they were hardly cream, the cream of the crop, well, probably like the rest of us. And these were those whom Paul called, uh, as he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, you'll see it there. He called them, not many wise, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Wouldn't that make you feel good if, if the apostle says, hey, that's what, that's what you guys are, right? Uh, but, but that's what he says to them. And, and they were, in other words, they were just simple people. 
And you and I are vessels to be able to hold this amazing treasure in our lives. We, we're those vessels. And, and if, you were to look at, if we were to look at ourselves in a mirror and see the realities of our lives, we would be forced to say that we aren't all that impressive either. We're just people. We're just regular people. Even if you get to the place that you feel like you're a great vessel, just remember what the Lord brought you out of. Something that we're all, we can all be reminded of. And if you say, well, yeah, but I gave my heart to the Lord when I was six years old. Well, think about where you could have been and recognize the fact of what he saved you from from that point in time in your life. See, Paul himself, was a, he was a simple jar of clay. That, what does that mean? He, he was a simple jar of clay. He was dirt. Like you and I, we were dirt. We were made from the dust of the ground, right? Uh, but this, this guy, he had a haunted past. He, he, was, he, had a, he was a murderer. He was a persecutor of the church. And he, he was a, a crippled by his inadequ inadequacies. And he, he was continually challenged by all the, all the struggles and the temptations that he faced as he talked. And you, you see it in his writings. He was, he was a human vessel. He was a human being like you and I. An ordinary man. And we aren't much different. There are times that Paul gave his pedigree uh, only to say it was all simply rubbish. You know, he's like, you know, look at my background, you know. He's like, uh, I, I've been trained by Gamaliel. I've been trained by the, he's still known in the world as one of the premier, uh, 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 the premier teachers. He's still known like that. And that was his teacher. And he was from the tribe of Benjamin. He goes through all these things, all of his pedigree. And, and nobody could say much better than what he could say. And when he realized, when it came down to it, that that was just simply rubbish in comparing to know, knowing Christ as his Savior. The Messiah had come into his life and changed his world. He was a human vessel. He was, a, he was an ordinary man. He, he had all kinds of education and family lineage and accomplishments. There's an old story uh, among the Chinese that, that says a group of elderly cultured gentlemen uh, met often to share wisdom and to drink tea. And so they would always do, they would do the, they wanted to outdo the others is what it comes down to, right? Have, have you ever been in that situation? Everybody wants to outdo the others. And so what they would do is they would, they would, they would come with all their pomp and circumstance and they would, they would try to provide the best of the exotic teas and they would do it in such an artful fashion that, so that the others would be impressed by them. And then finally, one of these leading guys decided he's going to do it. And so he goes through all the process and everybody's ooh and aahing at the, at the tea that they're drinking, right? And so, and so they, they, I guess today it would be coffee, right? At least here in our world. Not everybody drinks coffee, right? Please forgive us, Jody. But anyhow, so, so anyway, so the, there they are. And he, and he gives them, and he, you know, with all the pomp, he gives them this special tea. And he says, okay, guys, this tea here, this is actually the same tea that the peasants drink. And they were all ooing and aahing about it. And he said this to him. He said, I, I hope it will be a reminder to all that the good things in life are not necessarily the rarest or the most costly. Kind of a, a humbles us and it should humble us and remind us of that it, that, that we can be as common as the next person. What matters 
is that the gospel is a great treasure to consider and to offer and to receive. It is something that it is special for us, and we have this wonderful treasure in our lives. The church today is really very dirt-like, right? We're very dirt-like. We're, we're just regular old people. We're regular folks, and, and we're vessels. We're made of clay. We're simply dirt. That's, that's the way it is, but it is interesting. I don't know if you paid much attention, but if you have a clay vessel, I, I remember when I lived in Africa, one of the things they would use is clay was real common for them to make, make pots and water vessels and stuff. If you, if you had to shower when you were in the bush, if you had to take a bath, usually it was a bucket bath. Well, well, it wasn't a bucket usually. It was a clay pot that they had made out of clay. And it holds water, keeps it cool. It's actually quite handy, but it's dirt. And that's kind of what we are is dirt. But God has chosen this dirt to be able to carry his treasure so that we can share it with the world around us. You know, the facts are that the church is still dirt-like, but the church can be crippled by its lack of commitment, its, its divisions, its worldliness. And although the body of Christ has challenges, we can move along by the grace of God. We can look to the Lord and its treasure he's given us. He, he gives us some responsibility. He gives us opportunity, and he gives us the opportunity to be, be able to share hope with others. See, the church's ministry is sometimes weak and susceptible to burnout and failure. And unfortunately, that's, that's kind of the way it's been for centuries. That hap those kind of things happen, but simply because people are people and they're frail. We're imperfect, but we serve a perfect Savior. Amen. We serve a perfect one who cares for each and every one of us, and he loves us. And he wants to work in our lives, and he wants to work through our lives But that's, uh, that's, the, that's more of a reason why we should focus on Christ. We should focus on Him and allow the Holy Spirit to empower us even though we may be weak vessels. And this is why we need to look at this last thing because we have to deal with those kind of discrepancies. You know, sometimes I think that over the, over the years, and, and we've all seen it, right? We've seen it where, uh, oh, that, that, that's, a, that's the perfect church, or that's the per perfect preacher, or that's, a, that's the perfect elder or deacon, or, uh, you know, people look, and then something happens in their lives, and things go, go haywire, and you say, what in the world is the deal? Don't worry, I'm all in the up and up, if you're wondering. Some of you are like, what's happening with that pastor? No worry. <laughs> But, but sometimes people go haywire and things, things, things go the wrong direction. But we have to deal with those discrepancies and we have to be able to live out life. And that's a, tough, that's a tough thing for many people. Some people aren't content to let this contrast exist. And because of that, they try to beautify things. They try to put lipstick on the pig, right? Yeah, and try to put, have you ever done that before? Try to put lipstick on a pig once you do it. The pig is still the pig. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, I, tell, I know we used to raise about 1,500 of those things when I was a kid. Uh, and the pig is a pig, although they're known to be one of the cleanest animals. Yeah, cleaner than monkeys and all those kind of things out there. Clean animals. Lipstick on a the pig. They're still not very nice in their looks. 
So some people aren't content to let the contrast exist. And some want to accept the treasure, but then reject the jar. They say yes to Jesus, but no to the church. And in, and in the process, they scorn the very one for whom Christ died. And it's really destructive to the kingdom of God. And it isn't really, it's not beneficial to anybody. But in fact, how can you reject the church when the body of Christ, uh, which is the body of Christ when Jesus is the head of the church? Those are things that we should consider and we should think about a little bit. Others try to make the treasure more like the vessel, which is it's really a, a misunderstanding and a confusion. Uh, and they strip Christ of his, his divinity and they, they take on teachings like, you know, everybody's going to be saved. doesn't matter how they live or what they do. If they trust in God or not, they'll be saved. You know, that, that universal salvation thing. Or uh, they, they, they can say that or there's so many other things that float out there. But that, that's uh, inconsistent with what the scripture teaches People say a lot of things out there. They say tons of things out there. And why? Because they try to engage their culture and then they leave the real gospel to the side. They ignore the real gospel when the, when the scripture teaches us who, who God is and who man is. They, they set that aside and they miss out on the truth. Still others try to make the vessel more worthy of the treasure by changing the clay pot into a silver cup. You know, they may do that, may make a, coal, a gold cup, or they may, may do it with trying to say, hey, this is a, we're going to make a diamond cup. This is really high end, right? Uh, and then, then we do something like that, lead crystal, right? And you drink with lead. Yeah, that's interesting. Here again, we have to balance the truth of the word of God. It leads to a situation where the vessel takes on more importance than the treasure and we need to be balanced. And sure, God loves us and, and we have been created by God in his image and he does love each and every one of us and I'm grateful that he does. But the vessel can never be more amazing than the treasure of the gospel. We hold something so special inside of our lives as followers of Jesus. It's so special, and we have this opportunity to be able to share it with others in this world. See, the right response is to recognize the difference and learn the lesson it reveals, to know there's a difference between the vessel and the treasure. There's a definitely a difference, and the difference is there, is there by God's design to demonstrate that it's on human weakness and not human strength that God chooses to build His church. He knew the gospel had to go forward by Jesus giving his life because we were in need of him. We needed him. And so he, he chose to give his son so that we could have forgiveness. And, and the power to build the church doesn't originate from us, but it does come through us when the Holy Spirit lives in our lives. When we have put our faith and our trust in Jesus, then he can work through our lives, through each of us in different ways. 
And you're going to have those opportunities that I don't have. You're going to have an opportunity that some of the others in this room do not have. Because God gives you those opportunities. He's, he's uniquely made you and he's formed you. You may be dirt. You may be a clay jar. You, you may just be a simple, ordinary individual. But God can work through your life when the Spirit of God is in you. Because we have this treasure of the gospel. This treasure, he empowers us to do his will and to establish the church. It reminds me of the Apostle Peter when he comes out. It's, it's the day of Pentecost, you know, what happens there in Acts chapter 2. And, and, and there's so many people out there. Everybody's come into town. They're there to worship. and They're there for the first hard, uh, harvest. Uh, the, the, it's basically, they're there for harvest time and to give thanks to God for the good things he's done. And then all this powerful movement of God takes place. The treasure says, hey, it's time to move. And he fills his people with the Holy Spirit. And they start speaking in languages they didn't know, nor did they learn. And all these people in the community come from all over, said, what in the world is happening? We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our language. And they sound like Galileans, basically. And so then God does this special thing. And then what happens? But Peter, this simple, ordinary fisherman, the simple guy, right? He's kind of opposite of the Apostle Paul, right? But he was with Jesus, right? He spent that time with him, and he had a treasure. And then in Acts 2, he starts preaching, and he tells all these people about what Jesus has done for them and where they've messed up and that they can have hope. And what? Several thousand people come to faith in Christ that day. Talk about a megachurch. <laughs> the first megachurch. God did the powerful work there. Peter was just a vessel. And we know Peter's life. We don't know all of it because the scripture doesn't write down everything about it. But we know that guy, he had his times. He wasn't always perfect, was he? He had some, he had some issues at hand, but he was that fisherman that was willing to share the gospel. It wasn't in Peter's ability, but it was the working of the Holy Spirit through his life. And God can use the church best when we depend less on our own resources and learn to trust in the power of, God, of the God who alone can save. When we trust in Him. Amen. I'm grateful for all the good things that God has done for us. I'm grateful because He has proven Himself faithful. He really has. I'm thankful to the Lord for that. Yet we realize that we need to continue to move that direction and continue to trust in Him and knowing that He's faithful. And it's not about us, it's about Him because we carry the good news of Jesus. That doesn't make us special. Just because just we have our dirt painted <laughs> doesn't make us special, right? Have you ever seen some of those nice clay pots and they, they put some great, great paintings and some great murals and stuff on them? And, and my parents had, had some pots that they bought in Acapulco back in the 70s. And they're really, they're beautiful, they're vibrant. But if you look at them, one of them got broken and, and so a long time ago. And so, but if you looked inside, all it was was a clay pot. It was just dirt. But it sure looked good. We need the Lord in our lives. He is our source. If we are our own sources, we have all kinds of limitation. But if God is our source, 
then there are no limitations with him. If we continue to trust, and that is something that we should remember as, a, remember as followers of Jesus in the day and age that we live in. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen five years from now. But we do know that if we trust him, that God will take care of us. We have that comfort. We have that hope. We have that, that faith in him. So God has no limitations. In 1916, there was a lady named Hattie Green who passed away. And she, uh, her life was kind of a, a sad example of what, how not to live. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird, this lady, she, her, her estate was, she was wealthy. She had a, like $100 million uh, in her accounts. Yeah, the, the lady Hattie, she lived in poverty. That's the way she lived. And she, she, would, uh, she ate her, her oatmeal in the morning cold. Wow, how could you eat cold oatmeal? Maybe some of you do that. I, the reason why she did that is she didn't want to waste the money to heat it up, the fuel. She, she, she ate that cold oatmeal, and when her son's leg became infected, uh, Hattie wouldn't get him treated until it was, she could find a clinic that would take him because it was free. By that time, he lost his leg. That's just the way she was focused, and she was wired that way. And, and, and then he lost his leg, and she died arguing over the value of drinking skim milk. Yeah, it's probably better for you, right? But why? Because she didn't want to have to pay for it. She had money to meet every, every one of her needs, but she chose to live as if it didn't exist. And our source is the Lord. Our source is in Christ himself, and we need to be able to recognize that we have a great treasure to rely on. It's the treasure of the gospel. As we wrap up this morning, as we remember this treasure that we have in Jesus Christ, we always need to keep in mind that if we keep trusting him, he will take care of us. Things could get really tough. They could be, get easy. One way or the other, we have to trust him and know that he's got his, his hands on our lives. You know, the old preacher Spurgeon used to address those who were just getting out, getting into the ministry world. They, they were graduating college, and he would always tell them uh, uh, in, in his sermon, he would tell them uh, this, this question. He would ask them this question. And he would ask him, do you have this treasure? Do you, do you have this treasure of Christ in your life? Do you have this thing? Because how in the world are you going to go out there and affect the world and have, have any kind of impact in the world if you don't have this kind of treasure in your life? We have to ask ourselves that. If you do have this treasure of Jesus in your heart, then I think it begs us to ask this question as well. Do you treasure what you have? Or do you treasure other stuff? Do we treasure the, the real treasure we have in Jesus Christ? Or do we treasure all the other stuff? It's easy to get thrown off by that, isn't it? Because we're a world where, especially in the Western world, where we have extra extra to do a lot of things in this world. You say, well, no, not really, but yeah, really, as uh, in general, the United States has the ability to do a lot of things, the people. And we have to make sure that we keep our heart and our minds focused on the one true treasure, which is Jesus Christ himself.
That's what matters. That's what matters because there will be a day when our number is called, so to speak, and we meet the Lord face to face. And he said, did you have my treasure? And, and if we come up and say, oh, no, it's, it's in my Cadillac, <laughs> he's going to say, no, I don't care about your Cadillac. I care about the one true treasure, and that's in Christ. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, Father, because what you have done for us on the cross is more than enough, is more than sufficient for us. And Father God, we recognize what you have done for us by giving your son so that we could have this eternal treasure in our hearts. Even though that we are simple, we are, we are simple human beings, simple made out of dirt, made by the word of your mouth and the work of your hands. We know that yes, we are simple and yes, we're made in your likeness and we are grateful for all that you've done, but we are also grateful for what you have done on the cross for us. And Lord, to you this morning, we offer ourselves to you. And Lord, we put our priorities in, in place this morning as we consider you. We consider the right treasure, the, the treasure that matters, and that we don't just throw it on the back of a chair, that we don't just throw it in the, in, in the closet or in the corner and forget about it. Father God, we open our hearts to you that you may work in our lives and work through us. Father, we thank you for the treasure. And Father, we bless your name. May you work in us, Lord. May you work in us like you desire. May you help each and every one of us to be able to keep the right kinds of priorities. Even in times like this, when we think about independence as a nation, we think about all that all that, that means. But Father God, we also think about the independence and the freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Father God, whether we have those political uh, freedoms or not, Father, may we continue to follow you. Because some places right now don't have those political freedoms and they don't have a choice, nor do they have a say. There are brothers and our sisters and they're struggling in places in the world that where they've had to give their lives for the gospel of Jesus. Father, may we remember what you've done for us. And may we understand and grab a hold of the fact that we have this treasure in Christ. We bless you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.